All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Around the table today, we have the usual suspects, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring Reformed Church, Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reformed Church, I'm Josh Bales from The Well Church, and then guest host today, Pastor Tim Hazelbaker from Middleton First Baptist. Another evidence that we can play well with Baptist in the sandbox. Maybe maybe we should start with Jonathan's little quip that he made off the, off air that that would be better Which, than how we've been now not from earlier. Just, just <laughs> yeah, I was going to say no, we no, shouldn't bring no, that one no, up. No, Can no, we no, say no. that on the air? No, okay. <laughs> so the role of the gospel for life is not to make you happy. It's to make you holy. Yeah. yeah. And our engineer knows that better than any anybody on the planet. He is I was being sanctified on <laughs> So we are talking about sanctification. I I want to okay. So we've pressed about this. Uh, we've pressed on this a little bit about the the two extremes of of antinomianism. Uh, the idea that um, God's law in the life of a believer doesn't matter at all, and we can live however we want to, versus um, legalism, which is the the we need the law in order to continue to be made right before God. Now, I believe that we're in one sense. Um, those are the two ditches on the side of the road, right? And, and the problem is, is that you don't fix legalism by adding antinomianism, and you don't fix antinomianism by adding a little bit more law. Wait a minute. Have you read Sinclair Ferguson's yes. The Whole Christ? Yes, and I was going to quote a section on here. So he talks about the, um, the prodigal son. At the beginning of the story, the prodigal son is the classic antinomian. He wants all of his inheritance, and he goes to a foreign land, uh, spends it on loose living, right? So then he has this moment where he comes to himself, um, the, as the text says, but but he's still confused about the nature of the gospel, right? He, he says to himself, I will go back to my dad's house, and I will be a servant um, and and essentially work this off. And so he was basically saying, I'll fix my antinomianism with legalism. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he comes back to the father's house, and the father lavished him with, with grace. And, and I think that's what we often do in our Christian walk, where um, if we've had a legalistic experience, you see this all the time in these deconstruction stories. People grew up in these um, legalistic churches or legalistic homes, and then they throw it all off and run towards antinomianism. Or these very you know, liberal antinomian churches, the, the kid throws it all off and, and goes towards like Roman Catholicism or something. Both of those is not the solution to these problems. And it's so easy to fall into this trap of running to I mean I often say to my my own congregation you don't correct driving in the ditch by dri- driving in the other ditch right. mm-hmm. you you correct it by driving on the road right and the gospel is is the road in which we need to to, to drive and to live out our 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 Christian life is yep. in the fullness of gospel truth so let's talk about those those tools then so um so how does the Holy Spirit, what role does the Holy Spirit play in our sanctification? What tools does he primary, uh, primarily use in this process? And why is this so important to know and to understand? Well, the obvious tools are, um, you know, the, the means of grace that he's given to us, you know, through the, through the word of God and through the reminder of what God has done for us in the sacraments themselves, in, in uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper. You know, the Holy Spirit has washed and regenerated us. You know, we understand that through baptism. He's done that. Uh, he's applied uh, the, 
the benefits of salvation to us and and in the in the lord's supper we're we're reminded of the substitution of christ so we are reminded of that standing and then the word of god you know it's it's kind of the you know the well, the indicative imperative uh, thing the indicative tells us who we are and the imperative says because this is who you are this is how you ought to live uh, so we get that we we always get uh, you know the christian life is lived by first learning what the what we've been declared to be um you know be, we're we're actually called holy people you know but then the word of god calls us to be holy as well you can't live the christian life in your own strength and i think in the upper room discourse jesus was very helpful in um, providing instruction on the the person and work of the Holy Spirit um, in the life of a child of God. And in John 15, he gives this beautiful description of, as a child of God, you can't produce fruit. Apart from from Christ, and, the, and, and he's specifically saying, apart from the work of the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, you're not going to produce fruit, sanctification in your life. That comes because of the working of God in and through the Spirit in the hearts and lives of his people. I mean, the, the strong declarative statement is that without me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And the implication is that with him, you can mm-hmm. and will. And the Spirit uses tools in our lives, and that's what Jonathan was talking about. Um, and the primary tool that he uses is his word. Yes. His word preached, his word read, his word meditated on, his word memorized. Mm-hmm. That The idea is that as God's word permeates our minds, the Spirit takes that and provides understanding, mm-hmm. provides application, provides Power provides affections, affections. provides faith. Yeah, the, uh, the faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's what transforms us by the renewal of your mind. So I, I don't want to give the impression that that we're we're teaching this idea what, that we would just say, you know what, the Spirit will do it. Yeah. Now the Spirit uses means. That's right. And so if you don't give, maybe this is an overstatement, but if you don't give the Spirit tools. The Spirit's really not going to do a whole lot. Yeah. So if the Word of God is not part of your life and your routine, what in essence you're doing is you've called a carpenter to work on some aspect of your house, and the carpenter shows up without any tools. Well, how much work is he going to get done? Yeah. This is why we say that uh, the sanctification or becoming holy admits to degrees, because there are there are some people that will that uh, are far more earnest in wanting to learn what God has said to them yeah. in his word. Yeah. So they'll study God's word. They make themselves available to those means of grace, which are uh, you know, primarily uh, directed to us uh, on a Sunday morning when we gather together as God's people. That's right. So there's this principle of what you behold is what you become. Mm-hmm. In in 2 Corinthians 3, Paul gives this um, – he, he basically reiterates uh, Moses' history where he goes up on the mountain and he he beholds God 
as it were, face to face, and he comes down and his face is shining. <laughs> so much so that the, the Israelites are like, oh, cover your, cover your face. So as he beheld God, just the, the act of beholding God, of looking on his attributes, of hearing him speak, uh, Moses was transformed. And then he, Paul uh, crystallizes this in a principle where he says, and we with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. So piggybacking on what Pastor Russ said, as we um, are looking more and more at the word, we're, we're being exposed more and more to the gospel. The gospel isn't that thing that gets you into the door uh, in justification. It's also the thing, not merely, it's also the thing that sanctifies you. We, we are made more and more holy just by looking by looking at what Christ has done for us in the gospel. It actually has a greater effect on us to motivate us to go and do good works just by starting there. Well, what what works did Christ do for me? Oh, he pardoned me from my sin. He clothed me with his righteousness. He was raised for my justification. He's interceding for me now. Um, he's defeating all of his and, and my enemies. And as we look at Christ, that's what moves us in the direction of, of more holiness. So, and, and I think this is an important part Point in that when we are going to God's Word, we're not simply just going to the to to the Bible in order to just to know more things. We're going to God's Word to see Jesus Christ in all of His beauty. We're to know the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us in Luke twenty four that the that the Bible's subject matter is Him. Mm-hmm. And so when we go to 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 God's Word, what we're saying is, show me Christ. Yeah. Let me see him in all of his beauty, all of his glory. Let me understand his work and appropriate that uh, 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 um, correctly in my own heart and life um, so that we see Christ, that we might become like Christ, that we would reflect him. It's what Josh is saying from Corinthians, that we would be changed from one degree of glory to another. when we were going through the series on the attributes of God, this was this is this is one of the things that comes with studying who God is. Um, it creates fully devoted followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. It is you know we we grow in our awareness of who He is, and we want to become more and more like Him. Yeah, that's what uh, Paul Tripp was talking about in another book, uh, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. He talked about how we often read the Bible as a question and answer book. We, you know, we have questions and we are looking at the Bible for answers. And, and a lot of times it does have answers, but a lot of times we're, because we live so much lo- later, we're, we don't have the same questions that the Bible seeks to answer. And we can't treat scripture like a, just a question and answer book. And he said exactly what Pastor Russ was just saying. We read the Bible primarily to get to know a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what shapes us. And then there's questions and answers too. Mm-hmm. Josh said earlier that the Holy Spirit affects our affections. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is so important. I mean, the two great commandments are love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It, it, it's an affection. It's mm-hmm. a love. And how do you, you grow in your love for somebody? By getting to know them. Yeah. By being seeing with them. Yeah, by being with them. And that's what the study of God's Word is. Yeah. So um, I am. I've I've been asked this question before, um, Pastor. Um, I just don't feel like I'm making any progress in the Christian life. I don't feel like I'm being sanctified at all. Um, if you're if that's you, um, then then take heart. Um, Paul 
as he got more and more sanctified in scripture, he he came to a greater realization of his sin. You could track it out in Corinthians, which he wrote first, he said, I am the, the least of the apostles. Ephesians, he, he wrote second, I'm the least of all the church. And then thirdly, in almost close to his death, he, he said in First Timothy that I'm the greatest of all sinners. And so as he became more and more like Christ, he had a greater awareness of his sin. Uh, of his sin. So dear saint, as you get closer to Christ, you will see the blackness of your sin more. But secondly, I would say that if you're just judging yourself based on how you were a day ago or how you were two days ago, that's not an accurate uh, assessment of your life. Look back at the last 20 years or 30 years or 40 years. Where are you now compared to where you are then? Where you were then? Well, I, I'll ask uh, people the question, what are you doing now just because you love Christ? Mm. And what are you not doing now just because you love Christ? Mm. There's a, those are two diagnostic questions that um, help people to see that there are changes being made in their life. I'm, you know, there's some things that I just can't do because I love Christ. Yeah. There's some things that I want to do because I love Christ. Yeah. And those weren't there before I met Christ. That's right. I think a sanctification is like interest on your bank account, you know? You get like 10 cents a year. <laughs> <laughs> one degree, one painful degree on top John, of another. John Calvin and his institutes that eventually they took out on the sanctification and made it into the little book on the Christian life says that, that sanctification um, feels like crawling. And I, I think that's a an accurate depiction sometimes, mm-hmm. that it feels like I'm crawling and not walking or running. Well, this has been the Gospel for Life. We're so glad that you joined us. Don't forget to go to ReformationBoise.com. Sign up for the conference coming up October 21st and 22nd. See you next time.